Hello, and welcome to Metachemistry. This is episode 40. In tonight's episode, we will be recapping the events surrounding the recent Salt Lake Showdown, in which three, maybe four, of the members of the podcast recently competed in. But before we regale you with our revelries of the event, allow me to regale you on another auspicious event in nerddom, that of the events surrounding the death of Luke Skywalker, and draw some parallels. See, if you remember, in Star Wars The Force Awakens, Luke Skywalker didn't appear on the screen until the final seconds of the film. All he does is turn around, lower his hood, as he stares at the lightsaber and Ray's outstretched hand, he doesn't even speak a word. The scene is without question one of the biggest teases in nerd culture history, as it sets fans wild with speculation as they discussed what would happen when Luke made his proper return in Episode Eight. Spoiler alert, in The Force Awakens we learn Luke went into exile after his apprentice and nephew Ben Solo turned to the dark side and destroyed the Jedi Temple. Though it had been Snoke who poisoned Ben's heart, Luke blamed himself for Ben becoming Kylo Ren. In The Last Jedi, we learn how deeply that guilt runs and how much Luke dwells on his weaknesses and failures. When Rey comes to ask for his help fighting the First Order, he refuses. And when she asks him to train her in the ways of the Force, he responds, It's time for the Jedi to end. Luke has been convinced to rejoin the fight, and reopen himself to the Force. Once Luke finally does come to help the Resistance, it's a pivotal moment. With his decision to walk out with a laser sword and face down the whole First Order, and Kylo Ren in particular, becoming the turning point of the film. And then there he is, Luke Skywalker, arriving when all hope seems lost. He goes first to Leia, where the siblings share a heartwarming reunion before he turns to leave, winking at C-3PO and walking towards the hangar door. And as Luke makes his way through the rebel base, everyone stops and watches, the magnitude of what's happening registering on their faces. After facing off with his former student Kylo Ren and apologizing for having failed him, they engage in a saber duel where, for an instant, it seems as if Kylo has just struck down his former master. But shockingly, his attack absolutely had no effect on Luke, almost as if Luke were a ghost. Luke reveals himself to be a force projection. He's an illusion, projected through the force and across the galaxy. In retrospect, the fact that Luke is never really there is so obvious. This Luke looks younger, refreshed, He's all cleaned up and in a new outfit. Luke doesn't leave any footprints or kick up any of Kriat's red soil. And there's never any contact between him and Kylo. Not, only, not until Rey and the Resistance are safe and he can finally break his meditation and end this charade. With his job done, Luke vanishes. Skywalker's physical form quietly and peacefully accepted death back on Acto, passing away into the Force to live as a Force ghost. All of this begs the question for our podcast tonight. Was Nathan Berg really at Salt Lake Showdown this year? 
But before we get into all of that, we want to take a moment to thank Mythic Games for sponsoring the podcast. Mo Games is an online supplier of all things Infinity. As part of its sponsorship of Metachemistry, Mo will be providing a discount code into its to its store, available to all our patrons, as well as a $40 gift card that will be raffled off to our community once a month. Make sure to like our Facebook page and join our Discord to ensure you are entered to win. What's better than games? Mo Games. So let's check in with our lineup for tonight's episode. Our lineup consists of the whole cast. It's Devin, Ian, Chris, myself, and special guest, maybe Nathan Berg. Let's start with Devin. Devin, what's going on, my man? Yeah, uh, as promised, you know, the state is still here when everyone returned from SLS. The uh, Everything is still intact. Nothing is in shambles, and I did my job. Did you miss us? I did miss you. In fact, uh, we'll get to this part later, but I almost joined you guys <laughs> last minute. <laughs> but uh, yeah, otherwise, for general Infinity stuff, um, it's mostly just continuing to get some games in with um, uh, with my Tunguska, uh, and then getting getting interested to see what comes out for Phalanx in the summer. So we'll see what that looks like, and I'm sure that will. Uh, Bring me back to Aleph as all paths lead anyway. This, <laughs> as, as it should, as it ought. Also uh, on the cast tonight is Chris. Chris, you're back at home after another top 10 finish, spoiler alert, at Salt Lake Showdown. Um, interested to hear you tell us a little stories of your adventures there. How are you doing coming off of the event itself? Uh, you know, I'm doing great. I actually got my Morats, put them together. They were super fun to put together, which is very weird to say. And I slapped some uh, base paint on there. A little bit of highlights and a little bit of a little bit of brown. I'm good to go. Okay, so you're gonna expand beyond the comforts of Onyx and and do some other dabbling in the combined army. Yes, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna monkey chant at people. That's great. And Ian, you're back. You're back uh, in Colorado as well. After also having a really great performance, and you are. You've been running Ariadna. Anything changing for you? Uh, possibly. Uh, we were just actually um, a little bit ago before recording this. I uh, had my wife watch the new adaptation of Dune. And the whole time we're watching it, as I've seen it before, but she hadn't. Uh, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I really want to play some Hawk Islam now. <laughs> man, that Hasasin box is going to be coming out in the summer. might be really tasty. Not that I don't own all of it anyway, but it's like, ah. Do some some nice Fremen themed hawk and just stand at the table and be obnoxious and scream long live the fighters. <laughs> As if you ever needed more excuses to buy infin- um, pewter miniatures. No, I, do, I don't need excuses to buy them. I need excuses to play them. <laughs> ah, touche, touche, sir. And then <laughs> back from the dead, or has he ever left? Did he really quit this podcast? Nathan Berg in house. What's going on, my man? Uh, I'm a little insulted. You just compared me to the worst Star Wars film ever made. Uh, I'm not sure how to take that. See, layers upon layers upon layers of this <laughs> metagame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would argue that that would be Rise of Skywalker, but hey, what do I know? So, Nate, why are you on this podcast? I thought you quit this thing. Uh- I did pretty well 
the other weekend, I guess. So uh, I felt like maybe you guys should have me on. So I twisted everyone's arm, and here I am. I resisted the whole whole way. Welcome back. Welcome back. It was like you never left. Okay, I Thanks just have to. See, this is like <laughs> this is the thing I've been looking to the forward to the most since the event ended is to talk with Nate about how this whole thing unfolded. But I'm not appropriate to this. We need a little distance because my joy was too overflowing. Yeah, when I was driving out to Utah with Eric, Spicy Eric and Nick, and the word came out that Nathan Berg was going to be flying over to the state to, to to engage in the event. Like, it was, I'm not kidding, best news I had heard all weekend. I was super pumped. Joy overfloweth in me. So I'm too close to this. I need some distance. <laughs> uh, so we're going to actually have Devin hold down the fort as hosting for the rest of this episode, just like he did with our uh, prequel to the event itself. So Devin, I'm going to hand it over to you and you can facilitate the discussion about the recap of Salt Lake Showdown, but we got to talk about Nate. Right. Definitely. I I think everyone is really interested to hear uh, how has your time been spent in your uh, three to four episode retirement so far? What have you been doing to get away? Uh, weirdly, I've been playing quite a bit of Infinity. <laughs> uh, Fascinating. <laughs> More it's... Infinity in the last few weeks than in, like, years! <laughs> it turns out that uh, when the monkey of this programming is not on my back, uh, Infinity is way more enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> So take that for what it is. Um, yeah, I for the most part, I I mean I've been playing other things too, but uh, just weirdly the the new link teams came out, and there was just one night where someone needed an opponent, and I had just been kind of like casually putting lists together while I was working, and and I came up with something, and I was like, eh, I want to try this at some point. Uh, we had one of our newer players who was who's also traveling to Salt Lake need somebody to. Uh, you know, play a game with because everyone else had already like paired off and, and we're getting their practice in. I was like, eh, why not? Uh, so I play, I played that list and I had a really good time doing it. So I did it again the next week, and uh, then I did it again the week after that. And I've just been playing that same list and I played it all week at Salt or all weekend at Salt Lake, and had a really good time. So that's awesome. Turns it turns out I wasn't done. Yeah. So. Now, Devin, it though... was Devin, it was so meta. It was so Nathan Berg meta. It was like the guy bows out from the event, then he practices casually <laughs> for like three weeks running, and then he feels like last minute fills the spot of someone who dropped out of SLS, flies out to Utah, and like I sat there and I th- I thought to myself. Dude, the guy's been planning this. He retired from the podcast. And he's planning this for three weeks going. Just casually play it, picking up games with people. I mean, it really wasn't that at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first two weeks I played, I was just having a good time. And I was, I was playing extremely new players. And, and then the third week, I, I played uh, Chris. 
and I ended up tying him and I didn't pull classifieds and I felt I felt really good about the game. I saw some mistakes that I had made, but I was like, you know what? I I could still play this game a little bit. And then on and that was two that was Tuesday. Uh, so then let me give you the full breakdown. Tuesday, I played that game against Chris. I'm feeling pretty confident in my play. Uh, and, and at one point, we had found out that Trevor, uh, one of our local guys, was not going to make it. And I thought for like 10 seconds, I was like, man, I could just take it. I could take his ticket and, and make this happen, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Uh, there's, my wife will never let me do that. It's too late. I, I would have needed to have planned. This is not going to happen. Uh, so then Wednesday, I send my list, the, the list that I'm having a lot of fun playing, I send it to Tim, Chainsaw, uh, who, if you don't know, he won the event. So I send him my list, and we're, we're going a little back and forth, and I'm, I'm kind of defending my thesis against somebody who's, whose response I respect. So he's got some thoughts on the list. I see where he's coming from on them. I'm not going to change the list. Uh, it's, I'm still pretty happy with it. And, and he even says, like, it's a good list. You're probably going to do really good with this list. Obviously, I'm going to do this good with this list. But uh, <laughs> so that was Wednesday. Thursday, I'm at work and I find out that Mark, uh, who's been on the show before, uh, Mark Ribas, who runs the Krug, he's not going because like his family's sick. So now there's like two tickets, and I find out there's like even two more uh, paid for entries to Salt Lake. So there's a whole bunch of people not going, and I'm like, here's. I'm sitting right in front of Dexter, and I was like, hey, Dex, can I have Friday off? And he's like, why? And I was like, to fly to Salt Lake and play at Showdown? And he's like, I guess. Is your wife going to let you go? And I'm like, probably not. He's like, well, I, yeah, I guess if you want to go, and she'll let you go. So I, and, I'm, and like, he's, he's like, go to Southwest and check out the flights, and, we'll, and I'll show you how to get the good best rates. And I was like, okay. So I bring it up. It's like $182. And I was like, that's not terrible one way. I mean, it's, it's not great, but it's not terrible. I can I could ride back with one of the boys, probably. So I call my wife, and she's like, uh, I'm in class right now. Do whatever you want, and hangs up. And I was like, oh, that's a no. That's a definite. That's a hard no. <laughs> so a couple, couple more hours. A couple more hours go by, and she calls me back, and she's like, what, I, I was really busy. What did you need? And I was like, I have a chance if I go right now. I can get to Salt Lake and I can play this weekend at Salt Lake. She goes, that's a great idea. You should do that. And I was like, wait, like, who are you? What do you think that? Wait, what did you, what did uh, you do? Francis? I was like, I was like, uh, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, but it sounded like she was actually excited for me to go. And I was like, well, okay. So I bought the ticket. I printed like three copies of my list. Uh, at work, and I'm I'm like out the door at like super early, and I was like, "Bye guys, going to Salt Lake. See you guys next week." Go home, and then my flight was for four in the morning to get into Salt Lake at like uh, like six thirty seven o'clock, and so I go to bed at like eleven because I just I don't I don't go to bed usually before eleven. I'm not gonna try and force myself to go to sleep early, but then my daughter wakes me up at about twelve thirty. And she's afraid of the dark because she's three. So I end up staying up with her for like two hours. Uh, so now it's like almost 2.30. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get 30 minutes of sleep, whatever. So I go lay down for 30 minutes. My alarm hits at three. I'm at the airport before four. The line 
to go through security is around the building like twice. It's crazy. Oh, I've never wow. seen I have never seen a line like that. I was like, there's no way. There's At no way I'm getting o'clock? on this flight. Yeah, yeah. Uh the security Insane. guard said there's twenty thousand people waiting. And mm. I was just like, Well, okay, I'm I'm screwed. There's no way I'm gonna get through this uh security in time. Uh and then I'm standing in the line and this this guy's like yeah, the, the the second security only has one line for normal passengers. Everything else is for, like, uh, pre-check. But there's one line. But you don't want to go over there because there's one line, and the line you're in has, like, 30 lines when it gets to the other end. So this is going to go way faster. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to try. And I walked over yeah, there. Everybody and I thinks right, that. Right th- I walked right through security, right through the thing, got my, like, went through the metal detector, did the whole thing, and was and I got to uh, the plane as they were calling boarding, which was I was so I was like sweet. Uh, and I got to got to Salt Lake, and dear God, is that the longest airplane air like the longest airport in the entire planet? Uh, we got there, and the the uh, the stewardess was like, "I'm super sorry, we're the very last plane on the farthest concourse." It's a long walk, so update your will, pack a lunch. And I was like, ha-ha, funny, whatever. You're just lying. No, it took me like almost an hour to get from one end of that stupid airport to the other end. It was a nightmare. Uh, and I kept and like Josh Joshua Hill, who picked me up in Salt Lake, super nice guy. Uh, he like he was texting me and I was like, Yeah, I think I think I'm getting close. I I don't really know. Uh, but eventually I got out. Uh, he he was super nice, picked me up. We got to the got to the hotel. Uh, I managed to put I put my bag in uh, somebody's room. I don't even remember whose room it was. Like I was uh, running on no sleep. I've got some models. We had breakfast real fast. We started playing Infinity, and it was it was wild. Like uh, all you guys were like, "Oh my god, he's here! Oh my god!" So that was that was really cool. Uh, you had no I room had to meet lined a whole bunch up. Of people, I had no room. Uh, I knew I, I knew I had somewhere to, that I could sleep. Like Shane said, he I could sleep next to him. Uh, and I was like, I'll we'll hold that as a <laughs> as the the you know that's the backup, backup plan. plan. <laughs> uh, but I just did the thing, and I, like I I could have gone and gotten a hotel probably, but I was like, yeah, let's see if let's see if anybody's got space. And it ended up that Don from Wyoming had a room. Uh, they upgraded him to two beds, even though he was by himself. So I was like, hey, cool, I'll I'll crash with you the one night. And then Shane left a day early. Uh, from his ho- from what his hotel booking was, so I got his room for the last night. So it ended up working out great, and then I rode home with uh, with Eric and uh, Ian, and it worked out pretty good. No sleep for that entire weekend. Though, I'll tell you what, like it was <laughs> it was it was caffeine, and that was it. And you had difficulty finding your monster. <laughs> um, dude, like I don't know why, but Salt Lake doesn't have any monster. Uh, there's one day I had to have a rock star and that thing was disgusting. And then <laughs> the next day, Shane, Shane found some monster. He had to like walk all over the place to get some monster. But cause I'm like, I'm absolutely addicted to monster. I can show you like the five cases of it. I have in my closet. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that was my, uh, wild ride. The last minute, screw it. Let's get on a plane and go do this. So it ended yeah. up okay. I did all right. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely sounds like kind of a kind of a whirlwind. I I know we were talking about it as you had kind of made your final decision. I'm like messaged me and said, "Hey, Devin, you you want to go to SLS? I'm I'm going as of well now." 
I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> this is what Thursday afternoon. I'm like, yeah. So you know, there is a flight that leaves in uh, in a couple hours. Because um, I think you were talking about there was an afternoon flight to get yeah, in. I was I was thinking about trying to go at like six forty five, which was it was never gonna, that was never going to happen. It was just too too soon. Uh, yeah. But I was like, hey man, you should go. You should go. Let's go. Well, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and and you know, I, I talked it over with Melissa, and you know, I considered it briefly. But the the main obstacle for me was that I was on call for work that weekend, and then some. So it just, and I ended up getting called a fair bit. It never would have worked. But other than that on call shift, like I, I would have probably called out of work and just gone, because uh, spontaneous dives into those are. A good time. It just—I don't know. I feel like the energy of that sort of that sort of circumstance just makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, like I did that with um, with Denver Comic Con a while back. A friend of mine yeah. happened to be up like really late for no reason. It was like three thirty in the morning, and my buddy texted me like, "Hey, are you awake?" And I'm like, "Well, actually, yes. Why?" It's like, "Cool. We'll be there in half an hour. You're going to Denver Comic Con." Like, uh, okay. I'll go. I'll go get dressed, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun, yeah. and so yeah, the, it definitely makes a big difference. You know, there's just that kind of frenetic energy there that kind of heightens everything. It was. It was like but, the the planets. The planets had aligned, and there was this like one second jump that I could just do this, and I did it. And and honestly, like I, it's probably one of the more fun tournaments I've ever been to. So. And I mean, which is awesome, uh, but you also did really well. You ended up taking fifth place, which is amazing. Yep. That was super cool. It's not it's not bad for how little I've played this N4 game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, to to you know come out of retirement and take fifth place. You know, it's pretty good. <laughs> still still show everybody that you've got it. I had to, but, had to uh, show Colorado those Coloradans what uh, what we could still do, what the old timers can still do. That's right. So, yeah, what um, what were some kind of big takeaways for you? Like as you were going through the event, I mean, obviously you you, know, you did really well. I don't know if you necessarily had any expectations when you were going there, uh, based on like how spontaneous it was. Uh, but did you have any particular expectations or thoughts about how you would do and? You know, anything that kind of jumped out at you as you were kind of playing through these games? Um, I went expecting like somewhere in like the top 25. I was like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. drink. I'm not like that's that's my main flaw at tournaments is I get drunk. <laughs> uh, like, I'm not I'm not drinking. This and, is why gonna, and I'm going to because it was Utah. What? <laughs> you yeah, weren't going to drink great. anyway. They make it really hard. You do. Uh <laughs> So I like I, I was thinking top I was I was gonna try for top twenty five because that's generally where you know the tryhards start, um, and then when I got there, I revised that to top half because I realized that there was a mission that uh, my army all but couldn't do, which was mind wipe, because <laughs> uh, you have to blow up this uh, console that has an AI in it, and you can either do it with DA close combat weapons, which my army has absolutely none. You can do it with D charges, which my army has absolutely none. Or you can do it with this hacking program, which my army has exactly one. You mean your list, um, right? 
I, I know what's in ISS, and some of those things were not true if right, you meant right. the full faction. <laughs> I brought I brought one list. I brought one list. Right. I had no idea what the missions were. I just got on a plane. I have no idea what these <laughs> missions are. I'm literally asking people. I'm like, "What do you have to do in Mindwipe? I've never even looked at this mission before." Uh, and I got uh, so that, and that was the first mission we played. And I, I sure. played Joshua Hill, who's the, who picked me up from the airport. So that was kind of cool mm -hmm. and fortuitous. Um, and he, he, the entire ride to the event, he was kind of talking like he hasn't been playing a whole lot lately either. Um, and he he was getting some help with his lists. And we ended up playing first round, and his list was pretty fun. It, it was he played Toha. Um, there was a lot of there was a lot of Overwatch sniper, um, and I was like, I have no idea what to do here. I don't think I can even win this mission. And it, and it wasn't even till like I think turn three, and I was I was about to call it. I was about to be like, Yeah, I, the game is yours, man. And then he's like, Well, do you have a hacker? And I was like, I have this one. He's like, Well, the hacker can do it. And I was like, Oh wait, what? What? I'm in this. I, <laughs> we're still here. Uh, but. Yep. I I ended up getting that, uh, which tied the game, because he had a Gautarsos, and, and when he first dropped it, he's like, yeah, it's a Gautarsos, it's got a combi rifle, and I was like, oh yeah, what else has he got? He's got D charges, and I was like, crap, yep. and he and he, he bombed my he bombed my thing. Uh, I crit him off the table with a uh, uh, a combi rifle from the the Celestial Guard. Uh, so he only had one shot at it, but he he managed to get it done. So I was like, well, I don't this. I think this game's yours. And then he reminded me that the hacker could do it. So the hacker had to go all the way across the table. Um, and when I ended up switching the pheasant tactical awareness into the Daikini link uh, to get the extra tactical awareness order in, and that helped me get them across the table because I I did it. I did the job with the hacker, and I had one order left. Um, which I just like shot one of his guys in the back. I was like, "Hey, whatever." So then we come mm -hmm. to the end of the game, and I've got I've got one order left in this pool, and I still have some Quangxi left in the in a separate pool. And I'm like, "Where's your HVT?" Because I'm like, "I'm just gonna grab your HVT and call this game done." Right. And he's like, "I didn't. I forgot to put it out." And I was like, "Shit." Oops. Yeah. Uh, so he he great extremely graciously let me deploy it wherever I wanted, which I mean I just deployed it in the middle of my guys. Um, so I ended up winning that mm -hmm. game on a tie on off of a tie. It 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 would have been a tie had he had his had his uh, his HVT out. Um, it was very gentlemanly to to let me place that. So uh, I don't know. I, I would say he didn't deploy his HVT. So like. It's either no, if he's... and that's 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 what that's what I would have done. I've been like, here, you you deploy yeah. wherever you want. That's that's perfectly fair. Uh, just like, but there was yeah. no quibble about it. Is what I'm saying. Like he didn't sure. he didn't like, right. oh, I guess, or or we need to call a judge. It was it's just like, you know what, man, I screwed it up. You that's your this, point. And... Yep, that's your point. Yeah, yeah. that's the community. And, and, for the so most that's part. yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really cool. Um, my second game, I played Tater, who unfortunately I do not know his real name because everyone kept calling him Tater. Um, phenomenal painter, like made me made me feel very uh, lacking uh, with how good his paint jobs were. Um, and we played, and I got probably the best compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life from him uh, for any reason. We were playing; I was absolutely dominating him. Uh, my Quangxi had killed like Perseus with pistols because Quangxi are nightmare devils. They killed. Uh, over the course of the weekend, they killed over 200 points with just Quangxi pistols and, and chain rifles. Um, 
but they they had gone the the Quangshi had just gone off on him. Uh, they got I think they got Raul Specter, they got Perseus, they got most of it like a, a bunch of other things. Uh, but so he's we're playing in garbage time. He he has the last turn. He's got like three or four orders left. No ability to complete the mission. He he has no way to to do the mission. And he's on top of a building, so he has to climb down with no climbing plus, no ladder. So Oof. he's literally climbing, and I'm shooting his guys as and they die. And he says to me, yeah. he's like, I know I can't win, but I'm spending orders uh, because I'm having so much fun playing you that I don't want this game to end. And I was just like, I, I almost started crying right there. I was like, gotta keep it, gotta keep it, keep it together. Uh, Cause it <laughs> was awesome. just the nicest thing. And, and, and like, he was super genuine, super nice guy. Uh, it was a bloodbath on his side. Like I, he, he, he got rolled wow. off the table pretty hard. But he had a great time. We had a just a blast playing. Um, we we talked the whole time. Just had a really really good time. Uh, I've I've very rarely seen someone take a beating so hard and still have like a very chipper upbeat attitude. Um, but he he had told me that he had come to win the painting contest, and mm-hmm. that's he he won best uh, like nomad. So uh, he he got what he was after anyway. Um, nice. And then. Uh, the third round, I played someone that uh, no one's ever heard of before, and is definitely not uh, on the show. Uh, but for some reason, I have like all of us had to go through other Colorado players to get to the top, which was extremely frustrating because uh, yeah, it pretty that. much kept us from it kept us from getting top state. Uh, but I played Andrew, uh, and if I recall correctly, I went first, and you rolled and... me. <laughs> And I absolutely slaughtered him. It was, <laughs> it was pretty rough. It was so the, rough. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, there was a, there was a couple of points where he just kept his shit together, and like kept dropping drop troops, and like kept doing things. And I was like, <clears throat> I, I kind of thought you were just gonna give up after, after my first turn. You're just be like, yeah. cool, ten zero. This is done. And then he kept doing stuff, and I was like, "Man, if he ends up like pulling something back, we're gonna have this like terrible like four four tie, and it's gonna push push us both out of the top." Uh, <laughs> so I had to keep going. But but the the key moment, I think, at, like you, he had gotten just butchered in the first turn. Like uh, Battle Kitty just absolutely went off. The Sujuan just murdered a bunch of stuff. The uh, the Bounty Hunter Red Fury Biker did some work. But he you in put his me turn, in loss. He just... You put me in loss first turn, like with the last order. Yeah. Like I had four shots of unopposed oblivion hacks on Sujuan and either missed or you tanked them all. And then last order, yeah. you put me in retreat. Like you just murdered everything. He, uh, it wasn't retreat. It was lost lieutenant. Oh, lost lieutenant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because we we played like. Yeah, we played the full three. We played the full three. You're right. And you had like you had like no guys on the table when we played three rounds. Um, so like at the the end of the first turn, I was like, oh man, if I just put him retreat, I'm gonna have nothing. So I I ran my like (laughs) Hissian lieutenant, just bolted for one of the side panoplies, uh, to just like sit there and be like, well, if nothing else, I have this. It's a win. It's crappy win, but whatever. Uh, but he wasn't. Thank God. Uh, but then he like starts counting up his orders and he's not like, he's not super distressed. He's kept, he's kept his shit together and he drops a drop troop right behind my pheasant. 
and he had oblivioned my lieutenant. So this is my, this is now my lieutenant. lieutenant. Yeah. And he dropped right behind her. And I, and I had, I had, I had tried to bait out, uh, Adel, uh, hollow projectored, uh, uh, Sforza as Adel. And I tried to bait him out as my lieutenant. And he was like, is this hackable? And I was like, yeah, you can, it, it, it's heavy infantry. Uh, but he didn't go for it. He went after the pheasant, uh, drops behind the pheasant. I fail to dodge to turn around to, sh- to, to shoot in the next order. He moves closer to me and shoots at me. And I like crit the dodge and the pheasant's got a three inch dodge. So I dodged into melee with it. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I'm pretty comfortable that this is fine. Cause I have like a, like a uh, minus six close combat weapon and then uh, like martial arts. So I think I'm okay there. Uh, but like he kept like making small things happen. Like the second turn, he dropped another drop troop and cleared me off one of the panoplies on the side. And I was just like, man, this has got to like, this has to end. I have to figure out how to get like stuff to stick. Cause every time I put stuff there, it goes away. Uh, but I, I, I eventually managed to get it. And it, I think, was it 10, two or 10, zero? Yeah. I don't know. You rolled me for sure. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was it was kind of funny because f- before we started playing, uh, I was like, "Yeah, this would be a game, whatever. It doesn't matter." And and I think Andrew was feeling a little cocky, confident, <laughs> not cocky. No, I, okay. I haven't I haven't felt any <laughs> cocky with Corregidor. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I was like, I, I saw what he deployed on the table, and I was like, "I'm winning this game. There's there's no way. I know everything that's on his side of the table." None of the new Corrigidor stuff. It's all classic Corrigidor pieces. I know what they all are. I'm going to make this work. And it, and it, it did. Uh, but, like, if the Sujuan would have lost, like, even one of those Oblivion rolls, dip, like, different game, right? Like, he just would not go away. He would not go down. Uh, he just, he did the thing eventually. Um, but totally like totally different game. Have he had he gone first, or totally different game if the Sujuan hadn't just like kept going. I spent like the entire order pool on the Sujuan. Yeah, I mean if it's getting the job done, um, right? Yeah, it was it was one of those like I I should probably pull off here and start doing mission things, and I was like, no, the Sujuan's <laughs> just Sujuan's gonna get more done. Uh, I really wanted to get um. McMurder off the table. I couldn't, I ended up not being able to do it with the Sujuan, but that was kind of my ultimate goal was to like just kill as many things on my way to killing uh, McMurder. Uh, but then McMurder got the smoke down. It's like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to try and like run it over there where I could just run up these stairs and shoot this other guy that I, I guess happened to be his lieutenant or something. Yeah, and you uh, knew <laughs> that. <laughs> But uh, so that so that went really well for me, and that put me, uh, I think, like third place overall. Because it was like it was like mm-hmm. uh, Ian and then Chris and then me were like the top three for the next day, and then Tim was one under us. Uh, so that was that was a bit wild to see like yeah. all three of us like at the top, and then uh, it pretty much haunted me all night when I found out that I was going to play Tim because, as you recall from a minute ago, uh, I gave him my list on Wednesday. Uh, so I come in on Saturday morning and he's talking to Obadiah and he's basically explaining how my list works. Uh, (laughs) And I, like, I just walked up and I realized like he is literally 
explaining to Obadiah how this list works. And I have to go somehow play him in the next round. Uh, and obviously it went really badly. That was my only loss for the entire weekend. It was a 0-10. to 10. He absolutely housed yeah, me. I, I deployed models. And I, I, I had a decent deployment. I was pretty happy with it. I denied him this like huge, tall, terrible side of the table that if he would have had his Zayden on, it would have just been a nightmare because that, that, that side of the table had just line of sight to everything. So I was like, I'm going to take this side of the table. Yeah. He went first. And then uh, I just before we started playing, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to leave any of these guys prone. I'm going to stand just about everybody up. If I'm going to win this, it's going to be through like miracle dice and just nonsense, <laughs> right? Because uh, there's because I I've seen his deployment. I know it's coming. I I know I can't stop what's coming. So I'm like I'm going to put up as many guys <laughs> as possible. So he has to go one at a time and waste a bunch of orders getting rid of all my arrow pieces before he can get into the meat of my list. Uh, and in the very first order, Sforza went off on I think it was a Zayden missile or something. Uh, just crit it, just done. I was like, okay, okay, I got this. We can do this. And then I lost every other roll I made in that entire game. Uh, so oh, he, no. he absolutely housed me. So at the towards the end of his first turn, he's like, I re- I feel really bad because I know your list, but that's your chain of command, and you're already you're already lost your lieutenant. I was like, hey man, you know it. Do the thing. Like it's a it's a it's a it's a target you would probably shoot anyway. Right, because if you if you know it's a pheasant, you know it's chain of command. You may not know of who my lieutenant was, but you know this is a chain of command model. There's no reason not to take shots. Like, don't don't feel bad. I'm not. I knew how this game was gonna go. I'm not. I, I'm fine with it. Uh, so I I took my beating like a man. I picked. I put all my little men down, and I picked all my little men back up. And that was the end of that <laughs> game. He even tried to get me some points at the end. He's like, well, if you drop right here. And then you could do this. So I was like, cool, cool. And I'm like, because at that point, I was just like, yeah, you're, this is done. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, but he's like, no, no, try this. And you get here. And I dropped there. And then he like crit me. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, like, this will be fine. Why you no, told me, why'd, you, why'd you tell me to do that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, was, he was super nice about it. But yeah, it was just, I got absolutely housed. Um, yeah. And then the very last game I played, Joel Traveler against the new Morats. And mm-hmm. the the Garuda went off in his back line. My Garuda yeah. killed. I bagged Kornak. I bagged his Prada Link team. I bagged the uh, uh, the Datarazi. Just like he just wow. absolutely went off. Um, I I kind of baited it in that I let the table we were playing on was super low. It was, it was like the second worst table to play on. It was table fifteen. Table fourteen was the worst. Fifteen was the second worst. It had no height on the there. There was no height on the terrain, uh, gotcha. so like there's. It was like it was like imagine playing on a table full of scatter. The entire table is just scatter terrain, except for two buildings. Uh, oh, wow. So then he took yeah. he he was set up on the one on the one building, and I was set up behind the other. Um, but I left a bunch of stuff out a little ways so that he would deploy guys to have ARO shots on me. So that they would be standing up. So that when I walked the Garuda on, I could shoot them on top of the building from behind. Uh, and he he went for it, and it was it was real bad for him. And he he kept it together. Uh, he was a little frustrated by the end of that game because there was just nothing on his side, and it was the table. It was a hundred percent. The table was just 
absolutely awful. There was nowhere to go. There was nowhere to hide. Uh, and the Garuda and then eventually the Sujuan just did everything you could ask for. And I, yeah. I bagged the points off that. Ended up ended up with fifth overall. Could not be happier. Uh, top ISS player. Yep. No Ooh. one else even came close. There's <laughs> no one else playing ISS. Yeah. <laughs> Default. Nice. Default, but no, that's yeah, awesome. Overall, so. I, I can't complain with a single list. I I knew what that list could do. I I because I I had considered especially on the airplane, like building a second list just to like have a second list. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't do that because I was like, I've played this list a couple of times. I'm very, I'm confident in what this list can do for me. And it, it worked out pretty good. So, and I think we yeah. can, we can post the link to that list. Cause that's, that's, I've been getting absolutely blown up. Like ISS, they did really good. How did ISS do really good? <laughs> I need a list. Right. ISS so... are apparently terrible, but and here's anyway, a list that's, that I so... couldn't do one of the missions. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was my experience. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And that's awesome to see that, you know, it ended up working out that you were able to go, you know, you were able to get some games in ahead of time uh, and you know, did really well while you were there. So very, very yeah. cool confluence Super of events. Cool if you get a chance to go to Salt Lake, uh, you should definitely go to Salt Lake. It's it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. But yeah, also, you know, before we uh, before we wrap up, I want to get to uh, both of you guys uh, as well, because I know, Andrew, you kind of talked a little bit about uh, your experience uh, throughout the tournament. I do want to touch on that some. But um, again, we kind of talked last time about some expectations or predictions or goals uh, as you were going into the event. And how did that ended up how did that end up panning out for you guys um, so ian i know you were talking about top 10 and i know you did really well at the event overall but what did that end up looking like for you in the end uh so for me i ended up taking 13th which is still the highest i've placed at one of the major tournaments so i am happy with that um, that's a big deal by the way yeah. that's a yeah. big deal mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, you had a really hard strength of schedule too. Yeah, like it's a little, really it's a little schedule. disappointing just because like I was poised to take first after the fir- after day one. Like I was in top position, going into you know top table like, consistently. Um, so, but basically, what it was is uh, my first game with of um, Mind Wipe. I played against this guy Jason playing um, uh, Steel Phalanx, and. The table wasn't great. He ended up getting Atalanta on a building where she could see pretty much the whole board oh, and Atalanta no. just, just, you know, with the MSV2 is super tough to deal with. Um, I dropped Atalanta three times. He brought her back with Mackie on three times because he was prone right behind her and I could not reach him. I could not get him with yep. a template. Like every time I did, he'd either dodge or he'd pass his saves. It was really frustrating. Um, but I, so I just, I focused on the mission. Like I'd put her down, I'd focus on the mission. He'd bring her back up. And then I have to put her down again, do the the mission again. Uh, so I ended up getting the full 10 points. Uh, he ended up getting, I think, two points for some classifieds. But uh, basically it came down to he had a, a last turn run with Achilles towards my server. And my workhorse said, absolutely not. <laughs> and hit him with a flash pulse <laughs> and shut that right down. And so he tried it with Andromeda. and. 
she was already a no wound in cap and she ran up and uh tried to decharge with guard and i managed to uh only take one structure off of the server and then she died from the uh the bear pod that was guarding the server hitting her with the chain rifle and he had one order left and nothing else he could reach uh but in order to kind of say like show like what the lopsidedness as far as like kills were with that Atalanta situation. Uh I had 66 surviving victory points and he had 226. Oof. Uh so like I said, he just shredded me, but I focused on the objective and that's how I pulled that win. Ian my yeah. I think yeah. that I think that if there's something to say about Ian, you win when you get your teeth kicked in. It's fuck it's it's really awesome. It's, it's classic Ian, right? Like he yeah, just yeah. pulls out wins from left field. Mm. Uh, my second game, I played uh, another player named Tayson, and he was playing uh, Vanilla Hawk Islam. And we were playing uh, uh, Unmasking for that one. Uh, yeah, that was a quick game. Uh, it was over in a turn and a half, 10 0, my win to me. Uh, basically, I just spent the first turn revealing all of the HVTs. He went, didn't really do anything. Then I spent my second turn killing everything on the board. So it just, it was done. Yeah. Uh, so that was another, that was a 10 zero there. So cool. yeah, then um, going into my third game of day one, I was playing against uh, Tony Santos and his O12. We were doing um, acquisition for the mission and uh, Tony played very well, but it was a situation where with my Cosmolist, he didn't really have any experience against them, didn't know what to expect. So the game was over pretty quickly. Uh, he started, I went first and he started his second turn with two models in retreat and I controlled all the objectives. So uh, that was another 10-0 uh, win. And pretty uh, brutal. He, yeah, he took it well, and and we chatted for a bit on it. And so, you know, uh, I think he'll do much better against a, a list like mine going forward. Um, but he's a pretty spectacular dude and a lot of fun to play. So that was it was a pretty good time overall. So that left us with uh, end of day one. Uh, I was sitting uh, at a perfect score as far as objective and tournament points, uh, putting me in uh, top space, and then. Chris was in second and Nate was in third. So Colorado was doing very, very well. Dude, I when that was going on, I was just, I was, my mind was blown. Like having three. Pumped. Yeah, totally. But then, you know what that means in, yeah. in the next couple rounds. So unfortunately that meant that round four for frontline, I had to face off against Chris and his Onyx and uh, we didn't really want to do that because, you know, we're looking at trying to get the state trophy and every time a Colorado player has to play another Colorado player, especially at the higher tier, it just has a higher potential of knocking somebody out of that top 10 ranking and making it harder for us to keep that trophy. So we go into frontline and I end up going first and, you know, Chris has got an overdrawn uh, with the plasma snipers. He's got uh, some pretty good arrow pieces. And so my first turn, like it was went really well for me. I 
was able to take out his major ARO pieces. I was able to get a bear up and smash his tag into pieces, but I wasn't able to remove it from the board. It was still in an unconscious state and I lacked the one last order to do a coup de gras on it, which would also get me a classified. And then he brought it up with his engineer and proceeded to just wreck me. And we go, you know, back and forth a bit on it, but I wasn't able to take the tag down again. So even though overall it was still fairly close, he was able to get um, those points into a few key positions and end up uh, beating me seven, five in that mission. So yeah, that's rough. Like I've been on the short end of the stick of that overdrawn sniper mm-hmm. plasma sniper that is giving me a, a healthy respect of yeah. what that, that unit can do. And, uh, and what Chris can do with that list in general. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, unfortunately it meant that I was out of the rankings for top table, but Chris was now going to play on top table uh, going for first, first place. So that was still cool that we had a Colorado guy going, but that meant that I was then going on to second table looking for second place at the tournament and, or, you know, a very, very wonky situation that could happen where if I won on second table and Chris and his opponent tied on first table, I would still sneak in a first place win, but very unlikely. So my final game was firefight and I played against uh, Obadiah Hampton. He was playing his Toha and he is just scary. Good. So long story short, I lost horrifically. It almost wasn't even a game. His list was just the absolute antithesis of mine. And, you know, I won initiative. I'm going to go first. He deploys first. And it's all of a sudden it's a, or, you know, I deploy first and then he counter deploys. And he deploys all of his stuff, like infiltrated up at the halfway mark on top of buildings prone. And I'm like, uh oh, something's wonky's going. He had so much uh, symbio mate, symbio bombs, ferroware. You know, you have it that basically uh, anytime I did anything, it was just a here you're isolated, here's plasma pistols, you know, just taking me down. It was not even like, like a, a possibility of really winning this game the way he had deployed and, you know, that was awesome. Uh, he did not get my lieutenant, which was cool. Uh, he tried for it, but he didn't get it. Then on, uh, I almost got his lieutenant. I got it down to its final wound after taking off its uh, symbiomates and its um, uh, symbio armor and all that and got it down to, to one final wound. Almost got his lieutenant, which would even the score up a bit. I uh, wasn't able to get a whole lot of classifieds, things like that. So I think mm-hmm. the final score in that game ended up being like seven to two. So uh, yeah. he went on to win that and take second place. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was a very, very scary list that had absolutely every tool that needed to do, just completely wreck my face and make it, uh, my army completely ineffective. And it, he played it very well. Yeah, yeah. Toha's a lot of tools. There's a lot of BTS targeting uh, weapons and equipment that Ariadna does not like. Nope. And also for newer listeners, Symbiote Armor is now Transmutation Wounds. 
So you have another profile on top of your profile. And if you lose your first set of wounds or wounds, you go down to a lower profile. But yeah, that is that is rough. That is uh So I ended up uh when I was all said and done taking thirteenth uh, place, which while not in my goal of taking in the top ten, it's still the highest that I have placed at a regional tournament, at one of the majors. So I am quite happy with that placement overall. And you know, I still have a little goal for next time to try to you know get back into that top 10 but i have been steadily increasing my ranking at each one of the major tournaments so very happy with that yeah and there's something to be said for having that regular improvement that just helps solidify that you're moving in the right direction that you're making good decisions that you know you're doing the things that uh, that you should be doing in the games so i think that's really telling And so with that, um, Chris, why don't you tell me a little bit about how your games went? I mean, we know that you were playing for Top Table, and was this the first event that you were playing for first place? Or have there been others? No, you played for Top Table at Top Table for Krug. Yeah, for Krug. That's right. There as well. Um, So no, that wasn't the first. But... uh, um, it was my first time kind of walking into top table again, uh, not feeling nearly as confident. Um, so much like everybody else, I too played five games. Um, they're all, they're all great, you know, good opponents, lovely chaps to be around. So it was a blast overall. Um, my third game, uh, is probably the only one I would say is of worth note to me. I beat my nemesis from last year. It was great. Nathan faint, great opponent, really good. Um, we had a had a pretty solid game, um, but yeah. So I going into top table after uh, playing Ian, the I just didn't have enough confidence because I built a list without even playing it before coming to Salt Lake. Really, what had happened is I built a list, played two games in a night, and realized I didn't like the list at all. So I panicked and spent the next like four hours. I don't know, trying to think of a list that was. That was okay, and I should have just stuck with my main list. But uh, so I played that was super uncomfortable, and I just made a lot of like mediocre decisions against Tim that were mm-hmm. dicey. If they went in my favor, I could win the game. But it's like a fifty-fifty like coin flip where if it doesn't go in my favor, then it goes pretty poorly, and it did. Um, so sure. I got punished for that, which was uh, sad at the time. But I look back and just you know know that I need to throw up a little bit more practice. So going into that last game, knowing that you hadn't really played the list and weren't particularly comfortable with it, was what was the decision-making process you had that actually led you to taking that list compared to the other one that you had been running up until that last game? I want to say that it was decision beforehand. So really, I didn't put a lot of thought into like if I should look at switching or not. It's like I built this list for firefight and I'm going to take it for a firefight. Um, But if I had gotten down to the table and kind of like looked at some of the angles, I would have realized that there's no real easy approach with my Zeodrons. And there was a lot of great approaches for the overdrive. So sure. And I managed to go first. 
So it would have just had been a completely different story, I think. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I, I can certainly see that, you know, if you're, t if you are going into an event, you're building a list and you have a particular mission in mind for it, it's, it can be hard to kind of veer away from that predetermined notion that you have. Like, well, I thought it was a good idea at the time, so it should still be a good idea now, right? And, you know, sometimes that's the case, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Plus, there's something to be said for you had been running that your primary list so well. Like, as someone who had to face it a lot, you had, I feel like you had really refined how to play the list, even if it wasn't like as optimal optimized for the mission of firefight i i've i mean i can't i can't remember you being as dialed in on how to run a list like that yeah uh, in your time so i just wonder like it's an interesting question to like kick around together is um i, re I remember one of the original metachemistry episodes from back in the day when nate and and Dexter were doing it and Dexter would just pick, build one list and he'd run it all the time. And he didn't, he didn't care about missions or whatever. He just got dialed in on running one list. And it was the, you know, it was always avant-garde and very Dextery. <laughs> of course. But, sure. um, I don't know, man, like I could, I can attest to how powerful you were with that. Your primary. So I, I'm curious your reflections on, on the two choices yeah i think uh, my reflections on that is really just if i would have played my main list then not not even thought about another one probably would have been better mentally and you know performance wise but um i don't i do want to talk about the event kind of kind of a little bit and um i my first opponent was actually someone who gave up playing onyx because he was just convinced that they couldn't Either he couldn't play them well, or they couldn't play perfectly well. Um, so it was a cool, like, teaching experience uh, in a way, um, just to kind of show that you can, like, you can do it, and you know, like, open open someone's eyes to an alternative um, uh, direction that they weren't paying attention to before. So that was pretty cool. And then yeah. something that I think is even more awesome is um, that may show a little bit more reflection on our meta is that uh, we have a, we were bringing some newer players uh, down to uh, Salt Lake Showdown because it's just a grand old time and you're going to have fun regardless of what happens. And um, we brought, or we told Chris W um, from our local meta to come on down and just play, just play five games, have a good time, you know, escape the world and enjoy yourself. And in all of our practice games and tournaments that he's played in, he has never won a game. Like just he's never managed to take a game off of, off of us. And he goes into the uh, um, Salt Lake showdown and he wins his first three games ever game one. He crushed it. And then, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the, um, the couple of days, he picked up another two games and it was just, it was just awesome to put him through the grinder of Colorado meta and, and get him ready for what's out there. So it was just, I'm, I'm proud of you, Chris. Isn't Very it funny cool. how you come through what we put out in our meta and you're just getting pounded on and like, we're nice about it and we coach. Yeah. But Hex but, Mill is still the sharks. That's yeah. What, but that's like you're, you get swim. pounded on and 
you don't take games. I mean, you learn a lot, but then we turn around and it's like we unleash one of these people into the, <laughs> the wider meta and they go out and they start, they like start pounding on other people and they realize, Oh, I'm actually do know how to play this game. I am good at this game. I just, you know, been playing against a bunch of people that are, you know, just very much at the higher tier of what the game is. And it's really, really satisfying to watch that happen because that was very much my experience getting started into this game. And now I'm, you know, getting up towards the top tier at major tournaments and seeing that now with the next group of people coming in has been very cool. Yeah, and I'm sure that that's probably very vindicating for Chris to see all the, the effort and the uh, the in-game beatings paying off. So that's super cool to hear. Yeah. But um, And uh, yeah, yeah. So- Chris took 27th place. Really good for the first time. Yeah. Very nice. Really good. <laughs> yeah. And so, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about your games? This was the first kind of large-scale event that you've taken your new faction to, right? Yeah. So I didn't finish 27th. Uh, I, I think I did much worse than that. 38. <laughs> 38! <laughs> so... Okay, I will, okay, I'll try to be brief here. I definitely got a little humbled uh, in this tournament. Um, my first game, I, t- I ran Corregidor, um, and I don't know how much I've talked about my struggles on the actual podcast. I certainly have talked with you guys a lot about it. But um, I also was chalking some of that up to just not playing very much over the winter. And over the last two months prior to this event, I really started putting the work in. And I was starting to feel like it was it was coming around for me. And, I, and while I wasn't confident at all that I could um, necessarily repeat, I, there was, I'll admit there was like a vague hope that it all comes together and the stars align and I go on a run. With Corregidor, um, I I still had aspirations of finishing top ten for sure. I thought I could be competitive, um, and I I line up my first game against a guy named Matthew from Maine, who is relatively new to Infinity, or at least doesn't have a a strong meta out there in Maine. Um, he was running uh, Neoterra, and um, the game kind of went. If you play someone who's newer and you're a veteran, you're going to win, even if you're not particularly good with affection. Like, so it kind of went along those those lines. So I don't think there was a lot to learn necessarily from that uh, encounter. So then I got a, matched up against another Matthew who is running near Terra, but this from time from Arizona, one of these twins, one of the twins from Arizona, and good player, uh, very good very. player. And it was, again, I was able to take down the win, but I, I looked at that game and I said, I didn't play very well. I could like, I could see where I made a bunch of mistakes early, especially in the first turn. I was able to right the ship, but still it came down to like the last roll where, which scored me the win. So I think I ended up scoring seven, seven, two or something like that, um, in that, that matchup, but definitely didn't like, it was not one of those moments where I was like, ha ha, 
you know, I'm killing it. It was more like, oh, that didn't quite go right, but I'm, I'm glad I got out by the hair of my chinny chin chin. So then I'm lined up against Nathan as uh, Nate has already shared with us. Um, and he just rolled me. Uh, he alpha struck me pretty hard with his Sujuan. And while I tried to make a game of it, I was kind of proud of how I uh, approached that. Um, and I kept him on his toes. That was the, the first chink in the armor. Like up until that point, two wins in a row. It's a very familiar experience for me at a tournament. I'm on my way. I'm playing at the, in, the, in the top third, top 25% and feeling pretty good. And then Nate just rolled me. Um, so ended the day on that loss. And I was sitting there going, okay, I knew I wasn't going to win the tournament, but I still felt like another two wins gets me in the top 10 and helps our team take home the title for the state. So I go up against another guy from Massachusetts running, uh, running um, a Kamau sniper link and a cutter. So this is the third uh, Pan-Oceania uh, alpha link kind of situation and uh dude rolled me again just rolled me again and it was i took a bad loss i think nine one on that one as well um and i just didn't play very well like it wasn't like in my game against nate i felt like i played actually very fine some things didn't go my way um but um in my game I can't remember for his name, but um, I, um, I just had a hard time getting traction. So that was disappointing to take two losses back to back, and fairly unfamiliar. The only other time I had that had happened to me was in a recent local tournament where I ran Corregidor and I won one, and, and then lost to Chris, and then lost to Ted, and <laughs> finished in the bottom. <laughs> And everyone made fun of me. Um, <laughs> so, Bunch of jerks. Yeah. Gotta get you back on your game. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I mean, you're always so consistently at the top that when you're not, we gotta rub your nose in it a little bit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so okay, so now I'm sitting there two and two, and I'm like taking a big breath, a deep breath. And I'm going, all right. Well, that means I'm middle of the pack right now. If I can get one more win, that's the uh, winning record at the tournament, maybe top 25. Not what I was hoping for, but let's give it a go. And uh, likely not going to play someone at my caliber of play, or at least what I think my caliber of play is. And, and uh, <laughs> what was that? Your normal practiced caliber. Yeah, right. And so I um I ended up drawing Don for Wyoming, who's a very good player. So he had had a similar situation where he had some bad luck and he was sitting in the middle of the pack. And I've had good success with him, but uh he was recently the the guy that uh drew a a draw on against me at Krug and kept me from scoring second taking second at the Krug. He pulled out a draw out mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. defeat and um and I know he's a very good player. And we played uh, a very tight, competitive, close game. Again, I got alpha struck by um, the, that uh, tiger tag uh, from 
uh, Yu Ching, what, what, the white, the blue, uh, the blue wolf, the, wolf. The, the blue wolf. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and um, but it was competitive, and I was I kept it close, but he edged out a victory there, and so I lost three games straight. Uh, I won two, and then I lost three to finish bottom half of the tournament, and had to uh, go home licking my wounds and reevaluating. Like why? What? What is going on with me and trying Corregidor? I don't know. Uh, am I a one-trick sure. pony with Aleph or what? So yeah, um, good learning experience. Here I, I will offer this uh, for our listeners. Um, I will say if you're running uh, like a Bolt Link or a Kamal Link, and you're paying Oceania, uh, I think you really need to consider. Yeah, you might love to castle up and put your uh, sniper up high in a tower and dominate the field, but you better have a plan for how to move out um, of your DZ late in late game, because if your opponent strips you of all your other tools and just doesn't fight the link, uh, in all of my games, including the game that I got rolled, um, my opponents had a hard time getting out of their deployment zone with their link because they hadn't like thought that through. At least that's my perception. The only reason, the reason I lost to uh, Massachusetts was uh, the cutter. He, his cutter play was great. He kept recamoing it late uh, at the end of each, at, at the end of each round of very cautious. And so a lot of the things, the tools that I had brought to deal with tags were having a hard time um, countering him. So, um, just something to offer everybody, like be thoughtful of, yeah, you may love your castle. You may love your big, powerful sniper, but you need to have a plan for how to move out late game. Anyways, that's, uh, yeah. my wrap up. Yeah, definitely. And that makes sense. Cause I mean, you know, that's going to be anywhere from a third to half your list when you're running those kinds of teams. So they need to be able to kind of perform more than just ARO duty if they're going to be effective. And one thing I wanted to to touch on, I know you kind of have gone over all the games, but one thing I wanted to just go over real quick is when you were talking about not necessarily having good play in several of your games, could you elaborate on that a little bit more? Was it that you felt like you were making decisions that weren't necessarily the strongest decisions, or you didn't feel like you had made the right uh, decisions in terms of the tools that you brought or something else, maybe? Yeah, it would be all of that and more. Um, like, for instance, um, taking lines of attack or lines of approach where I hadn't fully thought out, do I have the resources to do all the things that I want to do with this? Like, normally I'm pretty calculated in how I play. And uh, feeling like you get out there and your pants are down left in the wind, right? Like you're just like, uh Oh, this is not a great place to be. Or, um, just the small decisions on whether it's facing or whether it's, uh, prioritizing which, uh, engagement to, uh, in tackle first, like all the sequencing that goes into a game. Like I'm not the best at rules, I'm not the best at like knowledge about all the factions, but one thing I really prize 
unvalued, I'm, I'm proud of of myself is I t generally make very good decisions and I know how to sequence stuff and I can see the board and see the map and uh, exploit mistakes. And at the highest level, it's the person who doesn't make mistakes that gen generally will win. Um, and I just was noticing myself making lots of mistakes. And I think some of that is um, being a bit rusty. Some of that is a different new faction that I wasn't always familiar with all the tools that I had available to me. Um, yeah, there, there's a, it's probably a confluence of a bunch of factors, but I could, I'm good enough and self-aware enough to recognize, yeah, I'm just not at, at the top of my game currently. Sure. Well, that's totally fair. And yeah, I think that it's definitely interesting when you jump into another faction. I mean, in general, right? But especially so with your very first jump going to your second faction. I think that there there's a certain hump there that all your subsequent jumps become a little bit easier after this first one. So you'll start collecting everything soon. I'll say it's a bit humbling. Like I've, it's not that I haven't even dabbled with other, th I've, I've run other factions uh, in, at the end of N3. I was running uh, Hassassins and Caledonia a little bit. I ran Steel Phalanx for a couple games. Uh, at the time I won, won all or most of those games. I think Ian took uh, one or, or two games off of my Caledonia um, faction. Um, and in, in, N, in N4, Corregidor was the first new faction f moving off of Aleph. And I kind of felt like, I know this game, and I understand how to play. Um, I should be real fine with Corregidor. I, I actually was anticipating having a lot of success. So it's been mm. a bit um, baffling to like, try to pick apart why it has been as much of a struggle for me as it has been. Maybe it's yeah. just, I'm trying to run Corregidor in the way that I, I want to, as opposed to the way maybe they're m most optimally run. That might be a part of it. I don't know. That could be. Yeah. And I, I forget that you've dabbled in other factions. I don't think you've consistently played. Much I else. didn't because they weren't interesting to me. Like even yeah. though I was winning with them, they just weren't, I, I, for me, I really want an interesting play experience mm -hmm. yeah. and they weren't, you need some level right. of choice to make yeah. like, mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of like different options and variety and stuff. That's different. Exactly. Just the it. point and click kind of, um, faction I find boring to play. Sure. But yeah. And there's something to be said for a lot of that being late N3. Late N3 is a very different game compared to N4 post fire team changes. Like both of those things were huge shakeups in how the game is played and what is found valuable and you know how you construct lists. Like all of those things have become very different. I mean, it's obviously still recognizable as the same game, but it's definitely uh, something very different if you're kind of honing in and looking closely at the choices that go into each game or, or each list that you write. And the fire team changes definitely took some of the starch out of me with Corregidor. They, it shifted up what I was kind of most interested in from mm -hmm. Corregidor. But I mean, again, that's kind of an excuse too. So I don't know. 
I don't know. I just sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the way the news goes. Yeah. I'm going to come back, guys. Don't you worry. (laughs) That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to go over your experiences and kind of uh, have a little bit of retrospective on on Salt Lake Showdown. It was awesome that you guys did so well. Uh, Even you, Andrew. We still love you. Oh. I feel it. But yeah. And uh, we'll be looking forward to the next large event in the region, which is going to be the Krug, which will be mid August. And the, uh, 12th through to, 14th of August. 12th through 14th. And so we hope to see you guys there. Uh, as far as I know, we're all planning on being there as of present. And, and maybe yeah, even it'll Nate. be a good time. <laughs> maybe even Nate, who doesn't play Infinity. The, so <laughs> I, I, I also do want to plug. That our intention is to have a Tim Chainsaw, the winner of SLS, on next episode to talk a little bit about his experience and some of his just thoughts about the game. So um, maybe tune in for that as well, guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap things up for our episode here at Metachemistry. And this has been Devin. Andrew. Ian. Chris. And Nate, and that's the meta.